0: Hey sisters, today I'm sharing an episode with my friend Ronika Cormier, the host of the Mama Trauma podcast, where I got to have a conversation with her on her podcast, and I wanted to share it here with you. There may be some things that you haven't heard me say and parts of my story that may reconnect with you. So check it out. I hope you enjoy it. And before you finish up today after listening, I need you to do me a favor. Will you make sure that you have subscribed and reviewed the podcast? And if there's someone that you can think of that may benefit from this, or maybe somebody that's watching you in your journey that you can share this with, that is the best way to continue growing the podcast and really just help other women to feel hope and to really be reminded that they're not alone on this journey and that they can find joy and Thrive Alcohol-Free as well. So thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Hey, sister. Do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure
1: All right, you guys, we have Michelle Porterfield here of the Set Free Sisterhood podcast, and we are going to jump right in today talking about escaping and, you know, having strongholds in your life and different dependencies, and Michelle is going to specifically talk to you a lot today about alcohol, but you are going to see that a lot of what she shares today can be used for a lot of different types of dependencies, because usually in life, When we go through hard things, we all have something that we turn to. So even if alcohol is not your thing, make sure that as we're talking today, you are thinking about whatever your thing is and how this information can help to really set you free. Because I know that that's what I'm all about, and that's also what Michelle is all about—is getting you set free. So Michelle, will you tell us just a little bit about your story?
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting to be able to share with you and your audience. I appreciate it. Yes, I actually um, launched my podcast this July and um, my business as well. But backing up a few years back is when I came to the realization that alcohol was very important in my life what I would call a stronghold, a form of dependency, and it was more in the sense that it was a really mental obsession um, at all times. I was, you know, in my 40s raising kids, working a um, job as a hairstylist, attending church um, in my community, you know, having relationships, but yet I allowed it to become a daily part of my life. And what I've learned since is anytime you go to something that has addictive properties to it, it is a slower fade. So I found myself from years past just experimenting, you know, having social drinks to um, drinking on a daily basis and really going into it a lot at first with stressful situations and pressures at work, financial stresses and things like that. When I got to a place to where I felt extreme discomfort, then I knew like, okay, well, a glass of wine will calm me down. It will relieve my stress. You know, I I need this thing to cope with this situation or I'll just deal with it later. I'm going to just numb it out you know, park my feet up, watch a Netflix show and drink some wine, you know, and it's so acceptable. It's actually glamorized. It's joked about. So it really just, I know that there are many women who might be here, but if, you know, it came to a point to where it was daily and I was continuing to want to not drink in the evenings But yet, you know, by the time I got to the evening, it's like I failed again. So I kind of woke up and I I say I kind of was living on this loop of like, well, I really don't want to drink and I really want to, you know, get healthier or, you know, go do the exercise or do all the things. But yet it was always there. And when it came to a point was I was drinking basically a day, daily, a bottle of wine a day, but, you know, no one knew that I was dealing with this, you know, emotional drama, mind drama. I was still functioning, doing all the things I mentioned before, but I just got to the place where I was just stuck and I felt sad and unhappy. And I felt like, you know, this is just not the life that I know I should be living. I know that There's got to be more, and I had tried to quit a bunch of times before on my own, and just sort of like, okay, here's my quit day, or I'm going to go seven days, or I'm going to try this 30-day detox, or, ooh, this health supplement will work. This will fix me, or, ooh, I'm going to try this new gym, or what if I commit to my friend to do, like, no sugar November, or, like, I was trying to reach for all these things that would, quote-unquote, fix me or fix this issue that I felt like I didn't really want to call it an issue. And then finally I call it my bathtub moment where I'm sitting in the dark drinking wine. You know, I'd had a few glasses, it's dark, the candles, you know, this is supposed to be a relaxing experience. And I was just crying and I was just so like, like I said, stuck and depressed and sad. And I thought, you know what? I just can't do this anymore. And I know that if I continue and I allow this to take over my life, it's not gonna go in a good way. It's not gonna lead me down the healthy path. I was already struggling in my relationships with my teenager, they're smart, (laughs) our kids are smart, and my husband, and just not having that relationship. And I just surrendered right then, I was like, Lord, I said, I know that I have been trying to do this, I need you. And when I truly surrendered to him, and just was vulnerable, and really spoke my weakness, that's when I, things begin to change. And then, so that was my day. And it's been over two years now, completely alcohol free. And what's so beautiful about it is that that is my desire. And what I do now is serving women to help them because there was a lot of zigging and zagging and windy roads to get where I'm at now. And So my desire is to help people transition smoother and, um, not even let alcohol be an issue. I don't want people to get to a place where they're like, you know, gripping and I just don't drink anymore. And like, it's weird and awkward and they have a hard time going out. Like literally alcohol has no emotional pull on me. I just don't care. So that
1: is freedom. That is freedom. That is so amazing. And you said so many things that really, really struck a chord with me. And really when I was thinking about what you were saying about your struggle with alcohol, I thought about my struggle with food and how it was really like a mental thing with me that I was constantly obsessed with food and obsessed with eating and things like that. So it was the same exact thing. And I also love the part when you talked about um, basically the road to healing being in a zig and a zag. Because I'm always talking about it being like a stagger. You're one step forward and then three steps back. And then, you know, and it's, yeah. it's a constant everyday walk. So I'm going to ask you, what are some red flags that ladies should look for if they're thinking maybe I might have a problem?
0: Mm, yeah, that's a good question. And I will say too, when you said about the food thing and there are other things, right? Yes. It's, I just call it mind drama. You know, when it's just constantly on your mind, you know, that's, that could even be our number one, you know, conversation here is the red flag is the mind drama. If you're constantly thinking about it, because first of all, honestly, if, you know, there's women listening to this podcast or women that have, you know, read the articles or seen the things and they, they immediately go, Hmm, I wonder if that's me or if wonder if I'm maybe over drinking, then. More than likely, then the answer is yes, because I promise you, because of my experience with women who do not drink and my experience with women who drink very much occasionally, so you know, on the weekends or a glass here and there, like they don't think about it, they don't think about it. So, if you're thinking about it and there's mind drama around it, then that's there's one. Um, another one is if you have already sort of tried to set things in place that would help you not to do it like okay I'm only going to drink on the weekends or I'm only going to drink this type of drink or only two a week or this like all these parameters around it and then you found that if you really haven't been successful then that would definitely show up too because you know how many times have we had to say well I'm only going to you know, eat eggs twice this week. And then we struggle with not eating eggs twice this week or like just this battle of like, put something else in the place of your thing, whether it could be sugar, it could be like just obsessively uh, overeating or whatever. And you, we know, I think that's the thing too, we just know if it's on our mind, we've questioned it before, then it might be something we wanna address.
1: Absolutely. And I love that tip of putting something else in its place. And it makes it seem so much more clear that possibly it's something that you're struggling with. I love that. So Michelle, you talked about God being a part of your recovery and you having to get real with him and be really vulnerable with him. And I found that that was such a deep part of my recovery as well. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
0: Absolutely. And it's interesting because I personally have seen a lot of uh, programs out there. I've seen a lot of, you know, um, courses and coaches, and there's a lot of places that we can go that will guide us into a journey of controlling alcohol, removing alcohol. You know, some people talk about moderating, some people um, talk about this, but I found that as I was along my journey, it always leads back to him and the fact that he is, he is my strength when I'm weak. But also, he teaches all about the strongholds that we have in our lives. And there's, there's many of them, and we'll continue throughout our lives as long as we live to deal with something that, that becomes a stronghold that has power over us or that is a struggle for us. But I knew that I had tried it without him. You know, the thing is, is that I've been a believer since I was a child. I've been very involved in church. I've been, I was singing in the choir through this. Like, It wasn't like, you know, I didn't already have the relationship, but there's a difference between truly, you know, knowing that, okay, he's he's there and I'm a believer and I know he's going to always help me. But to truly like really lifting up your hands and saying, you know, I can't do this. I'm out, you know, and I think it's even harder for those of us who are, we're strong women. We're very confident. We typically just get stuff done. You know, we just get the thing done is what I say. We're raising our families and we're working and we're doing all these things, but yet it's hard for us to admit sometimes when we're weak. And that is exactly what he wanted of me. And that's when he could really show up and shine in my life because I was allowing it to, because that's the great thing about it is he is freedom. And that's the thing. He's not going to, you know, force me to do anything. I still get to choose. And I, in, in order to make true change, and you know, this in your life and anyone who listening, you know, the, the areas of growth in our lives that we have, we're most proud of ourselves and that we've had the most success have been extremely challenging, but they were all about a choice that we made, a a firm decision. It wasn't a wavering and like, well, maybe I'll try it. It was like, this is what I'm doing. This is the path I'm going down. And, you know, on the other side, we have been successful or we just, we know that we're in his calling and that's, that's the key. And so when I got into even the coaching part of it and working with women, I knew that I said, you know, I can't, lead and guide without that piece. Now, I don't, you know, there's some women that I talk to that maybe don't have the, the same faith and use the same words that I do. But I also feel like that's an open door to, to be able to introduce them to like, this is this is really what helped me. And if you want true transformation and true freedom, then this is this is the key piece, you know,
1: I'm gonna leave it up to you. But this is the key piece. I totally agree with that. Yes. Uh, and, and my therapist talks about God can't heal until you get real. And so, and so it's just, it's so, so true that until you come to the end of yourself and you're ready for him to take over, you will never experience true freedom. So I love that. Um, what systems have you set in place to help you? If you ever are feeling triggered,
0: well, it's different throughout the journey, and this is something I'm even working on to uh, kind of put together even down the road. Because we're in different places, different times, and I'm sure in any sort of you know recovery, whether it's you know um, trauma or food and different things, like there's different. I won't even say kind of quadrants we live in. You know, the before. You know, in my case, it's like when somebody comes to the place of the removing the alcohol to the first 30 to 60 days of like, you know, well, to start there. So before remove, or at the time of removing alcohol, it is just a key, um, um, importance to remove anything that is in your surroundings that would cause you, you know, you can't be like, I'm really struggling with alcohol, but yet, you know my, my husband over here or my roommate, or, you know, I'll just keep it in the cupboard. I don't want to throw out this alcohol because it costs a lot of money. Well, I mean, you're just setting yourself up for failure. If it's there, even with like sweets, I know how it is. If that cookie's in the cabinet, girlfriend going to get it. Every time. Yes. You've got to do it. So that's the first thing. And any I mean, any sort of leader and any like even shifting your diet or whatever, you've got to get it out of your space, your line of sight, right? Yes. And then I also say, but put stuff in there, like replace it with, you know, I say things like sparkling water or different kind of like ciders or hot teas, things like that, like have something special because your brain needs to sort of have that trick in the beginning of like, oh, well, here's a, here's a reward. It's not going to be the same. And there's a lot of mind junk we're going to have to work through, but that's the beginning. And then of course, you know, having the accountability, the coach, the mentor, the community, and then going into like really creating boundaries. That's a huge one. And that's something I know you know about as well. (laughs) Yeah. So, creating boundaries around your time, your relationships—you know—you've got to have these hard conversations. Sometimes they're hard, sometimes they're not. You know, your spouse could be sitting there going, "You know, hey, honey, you know, I was so blessed." My my husband's like, "Hey, what can I help? How can I help you? You know, how can I, you know, support you in this process?" Because there's times when you're moody and snappy, and all I wanted to do was like go to my room and be away from the children and read you know, or, you know, that kind of thing, just to get away because of just the busyness and the stress in the brain too. And then, um, you know, probably the number one thing throughout the whole process is community because we need other women to lift us up and speak into us when sometimes we can't speak into ourselves and to know we're not alone. And I know that you're big on that, too. And really understanding that we are not alone in this journey. And that's how I found people in the beginning was I did try some meetings. Um, Those weren't for me, but I'm so glad that I did that because now I have experience. Um, And then podcasts and books and that started educating me. So education is a big one. But by far, the thing that helps me the most is in the community and verbalizing out loud to someone, here I am, here's my struggle. I wanna like, quote unquote, confess it, I guess, but just to speak it out loud. Do you agree, Benin? Oh my goodness, yeah.
1: I absolutely agree. I am so big on community. Community literally saved my life. And I will also say too, that with confessing it to somebody, just make sure that you're confessing it to somebody that's a safe person. So you don't want to, you know, overshare with people who are not safe people that are just going to, you know, drag you down and make you feel judged about it. Make sure that you're sharing with people that are safe, that are going to uplift you and help you. And Michelle.
0: Yes. And that, and that one who's, uh, you know, even ahead of you like the mentor situation or, you know, myself coaching because also too, I want to say that in the world of social media and, You know, I think women even sometimes say, well, do I have to out myself or, you know, you know, I don't want to really, people know, because I don't really even know what's going on myself. This is kind of weird. I'm still dealing with this discomfort and this weirdness. And no, you don't like there's women that I have someone right now in my life that I did not coach with her because I knew her before even I started my journey, but she's been alcohol free for over three years and no one other than me and her husband knows because that was something that she chose that was a personal decision. So that's the thing too. I want to encourage listeners to like, this does not have to be this huge production that we're like, Hey y'all, I'm giving up alcohol, you know, help me out. I need some community. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. No, you can be private too.
1: Yes, absolutely. Whatever is helpful to you along your journey, you are free to do. So we talked about this road to healing This road to recovery being, you know, a stagger, being, you know, a tough walk. So we can probably expect that we're going to fall along the way. What should women do when they fall, when they really feel defeated and feel like maybe I can't make it? Maybe, you know, this change is not for me. And they've gone back and they find themselves with the alcohol again or with whatever it is again. And they're just feeling like, I'm never going to make it out of this.
0: Mm -hmm. I love this because you are right in saying that more than likely at some point during your journey, it's going to happen. I don't know. I'm not going to say anyone, but I don't know many that decided that truly were at a place where, you know, alcohol played a huge role in their life and they said that they wanted to quit and then they did it just that one time. I really don't know many. It's, you know, and I raise my hand anytime people share in communities and they're struggling with this and the immediately immediate response. And this is also the enemy is shame and to feel defeated and shameful and discouraged because he wants to keep us stuck in, in, in even the substance or even the thing that that is designed to keep us trapped and then even the brain side of it, like the discomfort is so uncomfortable in the new and the unfamiliar that it wants to keep you safe. It thinks it's keeping you safe by keeping you where you are. And so what the first thing I would say is let that day happen. You know, when you realize, crap, I did it again, you know, pour the wine out. You know, maybe before you go to bed, don't leave it sitting in, you know, if you didn't drink it all, pour it out, rest on it. And then the next day, the first thing I would do is write it all out. What did I learn from this? How did this make me feel? How was I feeling right before I made this choice? What do I think my triggers are? Was I stressed at work? Did my husband snap at me? Did something happen with my children? And at least at first, we want to just be aware of what is going on in my body, in my mind that led me there. And then also, how am I feeling now? Do I want to continue feeling this, this guilt and this shame? Or do I just want to, um, do I want to just pick it back up? Because the thing is, is that once we begin working on it, then we begin to see patterns then we learn how to change patterns. And that, and there again, another point of that is that we're not alone. So if it's happening to you, it has happened to thousands of other people as well. And sometimes it's like, well, you know, whatever, but it's, that's very true. And it's the key of it's, you know, it's even the analogy of I've heard, I think one of the um, personal growth leaders year years ago was talking about just the whole idea of babies learning to walk. Like, what ha- What would happen if a baby just tried to walk and then they fell and they just decided, well, heck, I suck. I can't walk and I'm just going to sit here forever. I'm going to crawl forever. No, they keep getting up and they like really look like awkward and, you know, sometimes it hurts and then, you know, they take a few steps and then they fall again. It's like even looking at it and that's cute and silly and fun to picture a little baby doing that, but it's real. Like, when have we ever become successful or achieve something that didn't knock us down a little bit first. So I hope that helps.
1: I certainly never have achieved anything without it knocking me down a little bit first. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) So Michelle, I also know that a lot of times it's really difficult for us to give up something without swapping it out for something else that is, equally as unhealthy. So how do you go about navigating that, not swapping out the alcohol for overeating or, you know, um, anything else like that where we're we're swapping one thing for something that's equally as damaging?
0: Yes, good point. So this is kind of a two-part thing because I'm going to tell you in the beginning that first especially 30 days, anywhere between the 30 to 60 day mark. Girlfriend, if you want ice cream, go get your dang ice cream. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, if you need it, you're craving it, go get it. We're not worried about that right now. You know, we're not worried about you, you know, feeling a little emotional and, you know, you're you're doing really good and you're choosing not to numb it with wine, but sometimes you just need your favorite chocolate or, you know, you might be a salty kind of girl. Mine was ice cream. So there's that part is that we're going to give ourselves grace and we're going to, we're going to just walk through that initial because it's going to take our time. It's going to take time for our bodies. Even if you're someone who's, I mean, there's different versions. There's, you know, a few glasses a day person. There's a whole bottle a day person. There's people that don't drink all week and binge and drink tons on the weekends, but once you begin to understand too, what's been going on in your body, it's going to take a while. So the brain and the body have to process this out. We have to, um, it's, it's healing. And so there's going to be things that right now that we're just going to let it do its thing. Would it be ideal to be like alcohol gone, all whole foods, tons of water? Yes. But come on, <laughs> I'm just going to be, I'm your real girl here. Yeah. I'm not going to put that up there saying that's truly going to happen. Cause that did not work for me. And then the other side is that is the whole reason why you need to be working some sort of system or program or with a coach, because then what's going to happen is we're going to work through the whys and the triggers and working through the thought processes and even teaching you, that's that's what I love, teaching you really how the brain works and how you got where you are, and then we can even go back into figuring out, okay, Did this come, you know, do these behaviors come because of something in the past, you know, whatever we're going to work through. The point is, is that I find it would be very difficult for someone to do this journey and then just remove it and then just be fine and be done and move on and not grab something else. But if you you don't take the time to work some kind of program, then more than likely you will find something to replace it. Absolutely. And then more than likely there could be possible relapse down the road because I've known many, many people who, um, you know, do the whole like tight grip. Like I said earlier, get it out. I mean, even I know I have a friend that went three years like that and then one day and she was back down in the pit, extreme relapse. There's science behind that too. Yes. Even if you're drinking a certain amount now, if you go a long period of time and then you give your brain just a little bit, it is like you just put some lighter fuel, fluid on a fire. Absolutely. It goes crazy, crazy. And so that would be my answer there.
1: Absolutely. Accountability is so key. So Michelle, for that sister who right now is having her bathtub moment, what would you say to her? What, what does she need to do? What needs to be her first step to start walking in freedom?
0: Well, the first thing I would say is, you know, do you have a relationship with the Lord? Mm -hmm. Do you know, do you know who he is? Have you had an experience with him? If not, are you curious? And you know, do you, um, are you curious and know that? Cause I believe there's a lot of people, I would say most people even that believe there's something bigger than themselves you know, whether you want to call it higher power, um, you know, the universe, you know, I don't really relate to those words because I know who he is. I know who my creator is. And so that's big for me, but that doesn't mean that you can't have freedom just because you really don't, you really haven't found him yet because he, this may be, this may be exactly where he's allowed you to be so that you could find him. And that could be your freedom journey right there. And then I would also say that the next step is connecting with someone, you know, I'm here, I'm accessible. She'll give you, or Nika will give you all my information. You can come to my group and talk to me, listen to my podcast and learn more. Or, you know, are you in, are you somewhere where you can connect with someone in your church? Or is there a group nearby that you can connect with? But the thing is, is the, you have to take action. You can't just let this moment pass and then go to bed and wake up tomorrow and go, well, you know, that wasn't so bad because I did that a lot and it was so bad and I could have started a lot earlier. I'm very happy with my journey, but that's what I would say is just take some action.
1: Absolutely. Action. Action is so important because just as Michelle was saying, it's so easy for us to, you know, wait. And then that, one night turns into a year and you're still like, I'm still sitting here. And that turns into another year and years and years and years can go by and you're stuck in the same place.
0: Well, so. and I'll tell you too, that I knew that it was at least a year or two that I knew that my relationship with alcohol was not okay. Oh, yes. It takes time. So I feel like the bathtub moment actually was, my version of a bottom so to speak because of all the emotions that built up to it so you know that's the thing is like if you're listening and you're like oh gosh I'm still doing it but I've done all this and I haven't taken action and I've, I've known I've had a you know a problem or this relationship I have with alcohol has so not been good for a long time well well welcome sister because yeah. most of us are there and, you know, honestly, I'm also a believer in a divine appointment. If you're listening to this and you're sitting here right now, like, oh, my goodness, they're talking to me. Then we are talking to you.
1: Yes, we are. Or
0: Take action.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, Michelle, in the name of taking action, where do my listeners find you and learn more all about you?
0: Well, thank you. It's Set Free Sisterhood podcast on um, iTunes or Spotify are the main two places. And then I actually have a community like I spoke of because that is top priority on Facebook and it is Set Free Sisterhood Facebook community. So you can come in there and um, message me and say hi and um, just take that action. I would love to meet
1: you. Absolutely. And I will be dropping all of her information into the show notes so that you guys can connect with her. She's so amazing. We thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on and sharing all of your education and knowledge and experience. Thank
0: you. Um, just, it's, it's a blessing to be here and I can't wait to have you um, speak to my
1: community as well. It's going to be awesome. All right, you guys, we'll see you on the next episode.
0: Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook.